Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2018. My name is Amato, and with me are... Teenage Mutant Ninja Tori. That's a good one. I'm jealous. <laughs> that was good. And Domatello. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, that's not a thing. <laughs> See, I was trying to sneak your line before you could get your line in, but you filled in. You did okay. <laughs> I don't think there's much I can do with Amato. Oh, wait. What was the name of Splinter's... Like sensei owner, oh. was it something that sounded vaguely like a mono? No, I don't. Think a so. <laughs> no. no, I think okay. you're wrong. We I'm just sorry, sensei. <laughs> that's that's fine, sensei. I guess. Uh, before we jump fully into <laughs> turtles talk, turtle talk, um, I have a couple of old business things I want to talk about mm. about loss of innocence. Our last reading. Mm-hmm. So for one thing, I feel very embarrassed because I mentioned the writer's guide to the Power Rangers universe. Remember? Yeah. The author of that fanfic was the guy who maintained the writer's guide to the Power Rangers universe, oh. which explains their incredible like at knowledge of continuity minutia. <laughs> um, and he's still he's still maintaining the successor, which is the Power Rangers timeline. You can find it online. And so I just really should have known that, and I never bothered to check. Can I interject just for a second to say that Splinter's master was Hamato Yoshi. So Amato that, Yoshi. Yeah, there Amato you go. Yoshi. There Amato you go. Yoshi. See, I remembered Master Yoshi. I Amato Yoshi. I thought anyway. it was something vaguely like that. All right. <laughs> we, we got it. We all have our jokes. Great. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the other thing is, remember we were talking about Terror Blossom's dialogue mm-hmm. at, in the final Zord fight in that fanfic, where in the fanfic, Jason and Zack are fighting him with Megazord, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you can't kill me. You don't have the guts. I'm just going to go reproduce myself, and I'll tell my children about you. And like it turns its back, and then they kill it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it explodes in a flower, uh, in a shower of cherry blossoms, symbolizing the fragility of life. And we were wondering yes. whether the terror blossom actually mentioned offspring or children. So here's the thing. It doesn't. But here's what does happen. They start the fight against the terror blossom in the actual episode, the Ninja Encounter Part 3. Mm-hmm. It cuts away to what other characters are doing. Mm-hmm. When it cuts back, the Megazord uses the sword and kills the terror blossom. But it does turn around before the sword hits it. it. Its back had been turned to the Megazord for absolutely no explained reason in that episode. And you only see it for a second, but it was as if it was walking away and it was like, it turned around and was like, oh, what? I'm getting killed? And then it gets killed and it explodes in a shower of cherry blossoms, symbolizing mm. the fragility of life. <laughs> and so uh, the author added the dialogue, but man, were they drawing everything they could from that episode. I mean, really, yeah. reading between the lines, you know, what, what was left unsaid, but everybody knew. Oh, yeah. He's actually quite so smart clear. To, yeah. to, to point that out in that way. Yeah, it's know? very clever. Yeah. I wouldn't have even noticed that the monster was turning around there mm-hmm. if I wasn't looking for it. <laughs> That's yeah, really paying attention. Huh? Attention to detail, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of paying attention to details, no, it's, not actually a, it's not actually a transition here. Amada, you really need to work on this. Sometimes I get them. (laughs) (laughs) Most of it's moxie, I think. Speaking of paying attention to something, Mm. let's pay attention to our next fanfic. That's a good one. You just pocket that and pull it out whenever you need it. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't pick that one if I were you. The vaguer, the better. Exactly. Um, Oh, okay. Okay, I got it. I got it. Okay. Speaking of paying attention to details, I chose our fanfic today because 
it is scheduled to go up shortly before Christmas, <laughs> and I am paying attention to the dates, the estimated release dates, and so we chose a Christmas episode for today. Oh, that, that was a good attempt. <laughs> yes, and our Christmas episode is? Peace on Earth, Goodwill to Turtles, mm-hmm. by Blue. The author, Blue. Mm. Uh, it is a fanfic that you can find on fanfiction.net. It was published in 2001, I believe. No, 1999. Yeah. 1999. And... It was uh, um, written... It, it's described as their 1998 Christmas special and published on fanfiction.net on 1999. Right. And you can find a link there at bit.ly slash rfrturtles. Turtles? Uh, can I just say that I forgot to mention it before I started the episode, but when you sent me that link, it linked me to a Wikipedia article called Turtles All the Way Down. <laughs> what? In which it says, the saying holds that the world is supported by a chain of increasingly large turtles. Beneath each turtle is yet another. It is, quote unquote, turtles all the way down. That's an anecdote from famed physician, not physician, physicist, uh, what's his name? I don't know. It, it says it's a saying in cosmology. You're right. But <laughs> the link that you sent me that was bit.ly/rfrturtles sent me to this page. I'm gonna have to check that link then. Yeah, it will definitely uh, be fixed by the time you're listening to this. Hopefully. Just saying, but you know, it will be fixed. But I, I just had to add that because it's funny. <laughs> uh, did you find the fanfic anyway? Mm-hmm. Uh, great. Okay, that's that's good. <laughs> And no, actually, I just decided to show up without reading it, actually. <laughs> Figured I'd have something to say. Honestly, we could probably get away with that sometime if we needed to. Don't tell the audience. I mean, we don't want to burst the bubble of illusion. <laughs> no, I just mean someone being like, tell me about this fanfic. And the other two of us would tell them about the fanfic. Right. Right. No, we're all really, we've all read each fanfiction 12 times and parse it in a close read for every possible detail. I've got a fully highlighted and marked up copy of it printed out right here. <laughs> and I mean, I'm yeah, working well. on a paper that I'm going to submit to academic journals about it. The and- entire room is actually like one of those like string and um, pushpin like boards of like <laughs> connections between this fan fiction. Yeah, I was wondering what that was pieces. about. I thought it was just yeah. a weird new agey collage. But, but it, well, it's yeah. partially that. You, partially- you have to look closely to figure out which part of the room is. <laughs> I mean, personally, uh, it's important for me to, to read these before I get their names tattooed on my body. Mm-hmm. So I can always remember which ones I've read. That's fair. And how many tattoos so far? I know they're all on my back. I can't really read it. Yeah. <laughs> I did not think this through. <laughs> the first bit.ly link might not be working, but at the moment, as of recording. But I've actually got a second bit.ly link today, because ask me how I found this fanfic. How'd you find this fanfic? Well... The main part of my job, for which I get paid the big bucks, is finding fanfics from various fandoms that I think might be good. Mm-hmm. And I ran into a blog post by this person named Hyaru. Like, it's H-Y-A-R-O-O. I, I'm not 100% sure how to say that. Live right. journal post, back from 1999, not from 1999, 2009. Mm-hmm. Blog post is called 20 Good Fanfics. Yeah. And they start off, like, the first five on the list. I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They're listing... Dire Fates uh, and Sailor Hellblazer by David Ty and Rod M. Those are uh, John Constantine Hellblazer crossovers with anime. Sailor Moon 4200, which is one of my favorites. Secondary Characters by our good friend John Carp, which is like a super, super weird Sailor Moon fanfic Mm. that is dark. And like I knew all of those and I really like them. And so I was prepared to anything else this person said was good was going on the list. Yeah. And this is one of the ones that Hyru person on the internet with a list of fanfics said was good. Hmm. So if you want to check out that list for yourself and find uh, like 19 other good fanfics, apparently, 
there's a bit.ly link to it at bit.ly slash RFR good. I just thought I would <laughs> credit the inspiration mm-hmm. there. Cut to the chase. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be short and catchy. Mm. If we read a fanfic where good is in the title, I'll just figure it out then. <laughs> Maybe you just change it to good shit or something. <laughs> good shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next time. This one's just good. Okay. Start with the easy ones. Uh, anyway, that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can discuss how good we thought the fanfic was. But first, we should probably talk a little bit about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. What are you all's experience with it, with them? My experience is largely just, as a kid, being a fan of the 1980s TMNT cartoon. Yeah. The, the bad one. <laughs> yeah, me too, mostly. Yeah, yeah. me as well. Played the beat-em-up in the arcade. Oh, hella. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. beat-em-ups. There's, there were more than one. Yeah. Turtles and Time. Turtles and Time. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Turtles and Time. <laughs> Turtles and Time was the was better my one. Shit. Yeah. I yeah. think I, I've only seen that, and I watched the live-action movies. Oh, yeah. Two of them. Oh, yeah. I'll watch this. Sure. Um, can oh. I just mention, though, while we're on Turtles in Time, mm-hmm. when you defeat Shredder and the the image of Shredder, um, you, the little uh, the avatar of Shredder literally flips upside down and then <laughs> falls down beside the railing very slowly. Mm-hmm. Classic. One of my favorite moments. So I play Turtles in Time just to see the... The little, um, the little dude, just little shredder, just Sprite. flip. Sprite, thank you. Oh, my God, I was searching for that word in my brain. How did you know, Amato? The sprite just literally turn upside down and then fall slowly down. Mm. I had a friend who had a bunch of the Ninja Turtles action figures, and we used to play with those. And, you know, that was... The action figures for that cartoon were crazy because they had the list of like a gajillion characters on the back, most of which showed up for one episode of the cartoon. Right. Many of which didn't show up for any. And they all had these bios like they were regular allies or enemies of the turtles. Like there were these like two armies of characters. Right. And like it made you want to collect them all and have them fight a big war. (laughs) A really interesting franchise because like I've, you know, I went back, I've read the original comics. I was kind of into those Mm -hmm. when I was like in my early teens because um, the master instructor at my dojang, um, Randy, who's actually like a great friend of mine now, super into the Turtles comics because he's in his 50s. So Mm -hmm. he's like, when those were coming out, he was an adult and he showed those all to me and I have many issues of them now. The, it's interesting how um, it's one artist, one writer working with just an ink brush, creating these things. And like, I won't say the art is bad, but it's pretty rough. And well, it, it gets became a lot this entire franchise. On. Well, it does, but the initial art is very rough. Yeah, it is. And I'm just impressed. I'm like, it looks like a teenager working out of their bedroom. And the comics became such a success and became all of these shows. And even the writing's a little stilted. But it's become such a beloved series. And I can't help but love it because I grew up with that stuff. And it's honestly part of the reason I started martial arts in the first place. You can never Which grads. turtle were you trying to emulate? Oh, Leonardo. It was always my favorite. Like, blue is my favorite color. And I was a kid, so I liked swords. End of story. Yeah. Plus, I wanted to be the leader, you know, whatever. As a kid, I liked Donatello because he was smart and he had the longest reach in the side-scrollers. Mm-hmm. But then I also, my favorite toy was the, like, there were all those sets of mini little turtle figures and, like, play sets that opened up or whatever. And one of my favorite toys as a kid was the little, what is it, Taka, the snapping turtle from the second movie mm-hmm. that, like, opened up and it was the Technodome. Right. And inside, like, the figures were Super Shredder and Raphael, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so, like, since that was, like, my favorite toy, I liked Raphael 
um, by default. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, and, that's fair. And in terms of the comics, I, I own the colorized versions of, like, the, the the old colorized versions of, like, the first, I don't know, six or nine issues. Oh, I own the, the most so of the black and whites. I've only read the very beginning of the comics mm-hmm. when it is pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Well, the ones I have are literally just black and white. That's how they originally yeah. were. I, the yeah. color was a uh, later release. Ah, I see. I haven't um, seen the colored versions. I mean, you're not missing a whole lot. It's... I know, I can't imagine why they would color it, but anyway. People like color, you know? Yeah, whatever. Color is very popular among humans these days, Tori. It's hard to, it's expensive to print, though, you know. And personally, I only produce my work in black and white because I just feel like it appeals to, like, the traditional audience, like, and also it portrays the starkness of the human existence, like the contrast between black and white. Yeah, but if you publish in digital format, it doesn't matter if it's in black and white or color, so might as well color it up. What is this digital of which you speak? Okay, so there's these series of tubes, right? (laughs) (laughs) So here's what bothers me about colorized original turtles. And I I know this was the case on covers, too. But, like, when they're all black and white and they're hard to tell apart, okay. When you've colored it and they all have red bandanas, now you're just taunting me. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's... That's a bit much. <laughs> that's real. But that, that's how the comics are. Although my only experience with the original black and white comics are their uh, cameos in Turtles Forever. Yeah, I saw Turtles Forever, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very kind to the 80s cartoon. No, yeah. but it's not exactly unwarranted. <laughs> um, now, this fanfic is based explicitly on the original Mirage comics. Which threw mm-hmm. me off a bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I had to look some stuff up. I was like, Shadow Jones? What? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah Shadow. Yes. <laughs> but Shadow is only present in the Mirage comics, so it is clearly... Yeah. yeah. And I barely remembered that, too. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, there's a lot of differences. I definitely was raised more in the cartoon and the movies. Oh, and by the way, I just want to give props. Like, this is my opportunity to give props to the martial artists who did those stunts in those turtle costumes in live-action yeah. movies. Oh. Like, you know... Um, my like my old my friend who ran the dojang like had all these signed photos of those people and like actually had an opportunity to be an extra in one of the turtles movies oh nice oh yeah when he was younger but it was like so little pay and he had to like go to california for six months he was like nah Uh, yeah Yeah. or something i don't remember the full story if he ever listens to this i'm sorry if i get the story wrong randy but um (laughs) yo like Hella props, though, for fighting in those turtle costumes like that. Mm-hmm. Ready to dive into the content? Sure. Okay. Would love to. Well, at, initially I was a bit um, apprehensive given the title, and I asked you last time if this was a very Christian piece, and you said yes. Mm-hmm. I, said, I said it might be a little Lutheran, yes. Which is, a, which is Christian. Yeah, I, I know, I know. Yeah. The author is Lutheran, <laughs> and, and, and the religion does take a central focus in this. Uh-huh. And the author can... It starts off with a disclaimer. This story also contains religious discussion, which may be offensive for some readers. But it, it, it's really it, not. Yeah, it's not though. <laughs> overall, I, the I author come is out pretty very. Pleased, so I'm. So I, I was a little scared, but I, yeah. The author is very sensitive <laughs> as to whether it will be offensive. Yeah. But yeah, yeah let's explore this. Um, so the story begins with. Um, it begins with Leo waiting for like. Um, they're going to drive off to the Casey Jones's... Well, it's everyone waiting. Well, yeah. it's everyone except Dawn, right? It's, it's, it's just Mikey and Splinter mm. and Leo. Also, it's, starting, it's set in the far-flung future of 2004. 2004, yeah. yeah. Right, so which, they're no longer teenagers. <laughs> would they be in their 30s at this point? I'm not they clear. they were teenagers in the 80s. They're at least in their like mid-late 20s. Yeah. 
And well, they all have careers now, which is right. fascinating. <laughs> it's really fascinating, and but we will get to that. Their own apartments and like their own keys and stuff. Well, yes. why, why don't we talk about that? Yeah, at this point in the fanfic, uh, not in the fanfic, in the continuity this fanfic sets up, uh, Mikey and Raph are living in the city and they have apartments and like they've got some friends who like help them out with like the the living existence the stuff. The logistics. And yeah. Mikey's working as mostly a writer of poetry. Is that right? Uh, lately a visual artist. Visual he artist, started out as right. a poet. Right. Correct. And Raph has kind of settled into also writing, but writing fiction. Yes. And he kind of stumbled into that and decided he's pretty good at it and like found a schedule that works for him. Like it describes yeah. like how his writing process is where like you can only write at night. He kind of hammers it out for these hours and, you know, falls asleep and sometimes goes out with Casey Jones to beat up thugs that exist in this kind of franchise just to get some stress out and get yeah. some exercise. Yeah, there's a lot of flashbacks kind of telling how their lives got to be where they were, you know. Don is living out at the Jones family farm, and he programs software and does research into, like, weird mutagen-type bio stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's just for fun. Not for fun. It's like for... Uh, Donatello is a successful video game uh, developer slash publisher mm-hmm. which is insane <laughs> probably the craziest thing about this whole fic you gotta also, be small press though there's always been a little room for people to be like yeah you know well, they're always been there but financially successful Wait. no well are they saying he's a publisher of games and a developer of games or are you saying he's he a programs a, the games and also publishes them publishing i don't think is a term you can apply to video game production that is, or yeah. is it yeah okay my bad i'm not fully versed on this <laughs> i'm just i i, I do think this was written in 99. Yeah. You think the author's coming from, like, a not fully knowledgeable background of video game development, first of all? No one was knowledgeable at video game development in 99. Yeah, secondly, that what you're yes. Yeah. yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. Yeah, end of story. Yeah, and he's, like, doing research into mutagen-type stuff, but he's not, like, publishing any of his findings. He's like, that's dangerous. I, he just seems to want to do it for his own satisfaction. I don't know. And Leo's career is Sewer Ninja. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just still just living in the sewer with Splinter. Which yeah. is why I'm Leo. Like, who would give up that life, right? Like, you just get some pizzas delivered through the sewer grate, <laughs> then you pop up and you fight some bad boys and you pop back down, and you're just like, hey, I got a couch, I got a TV, and I got pizza. I mean, who can I complain? I nope. suppose that's fine. I mean, if you want to do that. I mean, personally, I would not want to spend five minutes in a New York subway uh, sewer system at all, let alone living down there. Okay, ideally, yeah, considering the germaphobe I am. How good a sense of smell do turtles have? But uh, I'm guessing none if they lived down there for a while. They grew up there, so it's comfortable to them. So I'm assuming that it's comfortable. That's yeah. my assumption. So that rings true, that Leo would want to stay by Splinter, that Leo's not going to get a day job. Like, come on. What would he do? Well, you know, I actually think Leo has, like, the potential to do a lot. Um, the potential, but... Yeah, but it's. I actually think it's well, kind of funny. What would he want to do? Well, I, I think Raph would be the one who would like be like, I'm going to fight baddies all the time. Uh-huh. And Leo would be the one who's like, oh, I want to do something else maybe. I can but... see like, Leo writing like Buddhist coins or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely see their roles, like, like their uh, occupations reversed in the future, but this is the author's interpretation. Right. And I, I think the author it. was trying to like be a little bit not what you would just obviously expect, mm-hmm. right? So that's kind of the background, and we'll go into some more background, because there's some other stuff that happened in the years before the start of this fanfic. Mm. But it's starting off with Leo and Mikey and Splinter waiting for Ralph 
Ralph, Ralph, <laughs> who is like almost late for the truck to take him out to the Jones family farm for Christmas. They had kind of a family vote about whether to have Christmas this year in the city or in the uh, out on the countryside. Uh, up in uh, Northampton? Yeah, Northampton. That's where the Jones family farm is. Right. And Ralph was the only one who wanted to stay in the city, and he was totally outvoted, and everyone and, wanted to go to the country. Yeah, and there's some, like, interesting foreshadowing here where they're like, we really didn't expect Ralph to, like, pass this up, but, like, I don't know, he's been broody lately mm-hmm. and whatever, and I guess this, you know, whatever. Like, we expected more, but I guess this is sort of in character for him. And then he finally does show up at yeah, the last minute. Yeah, he does minute. show up. And they all truck off to the farm. Mm -hmm. Just as a side here, the extended turtle family includes the brothers and Splinter, Mm -hmm. and Casey Jones and April, who are an item. Uh, This is comics April O'Neil, so she is at least a former hotshot computer programmer. Later, Mm -hmm. she runs an antique shop. She has nothing to do with journalism whatsoever, and she does not wear a yellow jumpsuit. (laughs) So sad. Really. (laughs) Casey Jones is still the same, like, sports equipment-themed comic book vigilante slash kind of schmuck that he always is. Yeah. With the weird accent. Yeah, and they also have Shadow Jones, who is Casey's daughter, but not biologically. Her mother was pregnant when Casey and she got married, so, like... And now in this... Uh, and, you know, and, and in the comic, right? Yeah. Mother to die in childbirth. And so, now Casey and April are together, so she's essentially adopted by both of them. Yeah, as well. This fic is I don't implying. think it, I don't think it's actually accurate to say she was adopted by Casey. She's just Casey's daughter. Like he was married to her mother when she was born. Uh, okay, yes, but uh, adopted by April, yeah, yeah, perhaps. For, for sure. But no, yeah. but like April's legally like speaking, he, Casey would also have to adopt her, since is she's not right? biologically his. Really? Oh. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. The child, quote-unquote, belongs to the biological parents until an adoptive parent. It does mention legally something like that, yeah. But okay. anyway. I mean, I imagine if they're Point getting, eight. like, the turtles, like, social security cards, and they can work around this. Yeah, no, that's not really a point. But, yeah, like, even <laughs> if you marry someone and they have a child, you still have to adopt that child to be their legal father. Even if the child is born while you two are married, yes. if you don't have a biological... Okay, yes. now I know. Yeah, it's not comic book rules. Okay, so, so <laughs> but if yeah, that ever again. happens with me, now I'll know how to proceed. <laughs> Despite the fact you're currently married with two children, but yes, that's right. None of us knows the future, I guess. You never know. Now, the main tension, like Leo's, really worried about this whole outing because Don and Raph have not been getting along for a while. Mm. Don had converted Christianity a while back, ninety-five, ninety-five, and that was fine at first, apparently. But then he started getting pretty evangelical. Not in terms of evangel in terms of evangelizing, not in terms of identifying with evangelical yeah, Christianity. They use like, like evangelism to imply that he's basically really preachy and trying that, to that, indoctrinate everyone. That's what evangelism evangelizing as a verb means. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes, but they kind of confuse you a little bit, like well, they, they yeah. use the Lutheran term which I think is witnessing. Yeah. Oh yes. You you witness to somebody. But it's the same deal. Yeah, I, in my mind it's missionaries, but I grew up Mormon, so Right, right. <laughs> no, it's basically yes that. Yeah. Yeah, and so apparently he was really active about, like, trying to convert people, including, like, at one point trying to, like, convert Splinter, and I really am upset oh at the author God. for not including that scene. I, that's a, that just sounds uncomfortable. I'm kind of glad. Well, I think that they included the idea that he would try to convert Splinter to show that he was, like, going way too far, yeah. but, like, whoa. And so... Oh, <laughs> nah, you don't convert your sensei to your religion, like... Well, Hold up. Parents, you know. Sensei parent, and right. dad. Yeah. Right. Like. And in passing, the, the, the fanfic goes through everyone's religious beliefs, which is that 
Raph is atheist. Mm-hmm. Leonardo is actively Buddhist. Mm-hmm. Don is, of course, Lutheran. Mm-hmm. Mikey's just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Splinter hasn't talked about his religious beliefs, which kind of makes sense for the role he's set up. Yeah. It's like, no one's it's quite clear though. what he believes. Like, I would think that... Because he, he's just supporting them in whatever spiritual journeys they have. But, yes. like... It, it does feel a little odd, like he wouldn't try any kind of like spiritual education in their ninja training. I don't know. It was strange to me because um, Leo being a Buddhist led me to believe that his Buddhism, or was it Leo? Yeah, Leo's yeah, a Buddhist. Yeah, you think he would have gotten, gotten that, from, gotten that Splinter. from Splinter, who originally, you know, learned everything he knew in Japan. Yes, as so a you, rat. You, watching, as a rat. Japan. As a completely but, normal, unmutated rat watching his sensei. Yeah, you know. Whatever. Maybe when his brain mutated, he suddenly absorbed knowledge. Point being that you think Leo would have gotten his Buddhism from there, but instead it seems like he must have gotten it from a different source. Yeah, it seems a little odd. And they live in New York, so it's Buddhism isn't a common religion here, is my main point. But I can also see Leo seeking out more ninja-adjacent teachings and, like, running into it. And also in the 90s... Is Buddhism ninja-adjacent? Ninja is Japan-adjacent, and Buddhism is Japan-adjacent. Okay. Also in the 90s, there was this huge um, new, New Age, New Wave... New Age push where people are going back to sure. uh, Eastern Asian religions. Mm. Yeah, I also think it might just be this author's kind of like shorthand here in the sense that of the conflation with ninjutsu and Japan and Buddhism. Well, it makes but, more sense than him I, I being mean, actively yeah. Shinto, which I would have really given him the yeah, side right? eye for. Because yeah, like no one is <laughs> actively <laughs> Shinto. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Especially I outside mean, of Japan. You know, whatever. They're, they're turtles. The point is, people had to actively tell Don to cut it out, mm. but then he just got passive aggressive about it, and he was like leaving out pamphlets and, and like leaving well, pamphlets in only people's for, rooms. Only right. for Raph, though, right? No, not just for Raph. It's just that Raph it got the most Raph upset reacted. about it. Yeah, All right. and Raph ended up blowing up on him because Raph was feeling really judged. He was like, "Oh, you think I'm a horrible sinner and going to hell? Well, fuck you!" Yeah. And like he has a huge rant about it, and Don moves out to the countryside shortly after, and so there's the tension going into this Christmas about, like, uh, what's gonna... How's this gonna work out? Are okay, they gonna I, be getting along? And just, that's... Yeah, that's on. That's the main tension for the first part of this fanfic. Yeah. yeah. And, and can I just say, what an unexpected tension for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fanfiction. Yeah. <laughs> Not only is the conflict personal, it's religious, but... And there's no actual fighting action in this story. There's a lot of saying that it's people get into kind of so like strange. play wrestling or play sparring yeah, matches. Oh yeah, but with one another. Right. They're not fighting any it, force of evil. No, it's just because they're most of the turtles and Casey Jones are all very physical martial artist athlete type people. Yeah. Who like that's how they relate. They like punch yeah. each other some. It's just, I mean, it's, that's fine. But there's it, literally no actual evil here. No. Yeah, it's just in this fact, I mean that they're not teenagers and they're not particularly mm-hmm. ninjas. So they're, but they are mutant turtles. <laughs> yeah, mutant turtles is the name of the franchise in Japan. Oh, so it Fair all enough. ties together. Japan missed a chance to call something teenage or young something. Yes, they did. <laughs> um, now, in terms yeah, of in terms of evil, there's several comments, especially from Splinter, or like in his thought process, where he's like, oh, "Previous, previous Christmases have mostly been horrible disasters, mm-hmm. but hopefully this one will be peaceful." I just got to assume that there's a whole series of Christmas turtle stories in the comics, and like, there's always some something that happens, you know, some evil or fight or like threat or whatever. Well, I can see them yeah. just blowing up and then not talking to, to each other for the rest of the time. That too, yeah, yeah. Um, and 
Yeah, I don't know. Just this interpersonal conflict is very not turtles to me. But well, it's it is, but it's very Christmas. Well, okay. I like it as a Christmas fanfic where it's like you have to go hang out with your family members who you disagree with fundamentally on important issues mm-hmm. and yeah. try not to get into a fight about it because you're family. Yeah. But, like, I guess it's just the author trying to say that they're older now and their yeah. relationships are different. But that, that's a really interesting bent for fighting mutant turtles. So mm-hmm. so they get into a conflict where, like, Raph and Don are in the same room and Don starts absolutely humming. I thought it was a hymn at first, but it was a... Just some Christian, just some Christian, Christian pop, pop song. song. Which uh, Raph somehow still recognizes. Raph has got to recognize it back from... Don hasn't been living away from the sewers for that many years. Like, he was playing it in the sewers. It's funny because the conflict through music is a consistent theme in this. Mm. Where, like, the microaggressions they're doing at the farmhouse, yeah, includes, like, Don starting to hum some Christian music. He's not even trying to be annoying. He's not, He's just absent-minded, but Raph takes it. Yeah, Raph blew up. Raph um, remembers when Don was preaching to him and feels like he's being preached to again. Yeah. And then in retaliation, later on, Raph is blaring his, like, death metal or whatever that well, Don hates. First, he's listening to Green Day on the drive out, then he blasts his corn. <laughs> corn, right. Yeah, the, the t- it's definitely not death metal. Um, to taste in music is very 90s. Yeah. Um, very just... And Don keeps thinking... it. Everyone thinks... It, like, he, Don keeps saying how, like, vulgar the music is, and it's, like, it's freaking Green Day. Like, it's not... <laughs> I can think of way worse things. Like well, uh, later when uh, Raph is so actively, weird. actively blasting music, it's um with no small amount of irritation. Right. He recognized the music as a work of corn, one of the most violent and profane bands that Raphael no. seemed to love so much. One of the most violent and profane. Like it's just corn, man. Like I don't get these people. Like this author obviously doesn't. Okay. I'm done. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I, I am overwhelmed by what is happening. So, Tori, what would you have had Raph listening to in, oh, what is this, 2004, to demonstrate his, uh, well, first of all, his distance from God? In 1999, so I can't point out mm, anything. But, that's a good point. No, I'm not saying there's anything in particular. It's just Green Day and, like... Corn is definitely a band that I like. I'm like, oh yeah, they say some yeah. dumb stuff. I'll give you Green Day. Like, yeah. Corn is yeah you know, profane, right? Enough ish. It's just like it's also not like I don't know. I feel like there's bands that people like would associate more with this like n- lack of Christianity. Maybe not. I have no idea. I think this is maybe from this author's perspective. Yeah, whatever. Nobody whatever. likes corn. The, That's all I'm going to say. The, 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 Nobody the, likes corn. And Green Day, I have no idea what's profane about Green Day, is all I'm going to say. But nobody likes corn. End of story. <laughs> the point is that Don asks uh, Raph to turn it down, and he's basically like, nope, don't tell me what to do, which is pretty Raph. Right. A little too Raph. No, no, it's exactly Raph. (laughs) (laughs) That was my Ninja Turtles movie joke. Um, And so music is kind of one of the battlefields this is playing out on. And um, there's a lot of little character moments, but it ends on sort of a negotiated peace fire between the two of them, this first round of aggressions in the farmhouse. Right, because uh, they... They all drive out to the farmhouse on the 20th, and this mm-hmm. is taking place on the 21st. We only, this fanfic spans the time period of about five days. Yep, up until mm-hmm. Christmas. Yes. And this is day two or so? To the 21st. Yeah, but a lot of the fanfic also is reflection, so it kind of takes yeah. place in multiple timelines here. What leads up to that initial peacefire between them? 
They start off... Oh, yeah, Leo and Splinter talk to Raph and, and Dawn, and they're kind of like, you need to go apologize to the other person, um, mm-hmm. or, like, work this out. And they don't exactly, but they kind of stop actively trying to annoy each other. I mean, not that Dawn really was to begin with, but Raph definitely was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Ah, here we are, yes. Well, f- um, before that, this... they, uh, after the music thing, mm-hmm. they get in conflict and they get pretty mean to each other. And yeah. yes. uh, one of them hits... Uh, Don hits Roth. Right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Leo comments when he's thinking about this, like, all of us have hit oh, each other yes. in anger at some point, except Don. So, like, Don must be really upset. And to be fair, Raph was really going off on him and, like, trying to provoke him. Well, yeah, you, you can tell that F Jesus to show the goddamn Bible of his ass. There yeah. you go. So. But afterwards, you know, Don feels really bad about, about hitting someone in anger, especially since he's trying to be a good Christian. And Splinter tells them, like, this cannot continue. It must end before someone is seriously hurt. He realized immediately that he had spoken incorrectly. Raphael and Donatella were already seriously hurt, turned away from each other by anger and wounded feelings. Realize, my sons, that you are not just hurting each other, which is bad enough. You are hurting the rest of us, and that is inexcusable. If we wish to remain together as a family during this holiday season, you must agree to put your differences aside. I know that this is not easy to do, but you must cease provoking each other. You must resist becoming angry when you are provoked. And, you know, they, they promise. They're like, yeah, I promise. Mm-hmm. But he can't get them to, like, actively apologize to each other. And it's just that the fighting's over for, for now. The fighting was over mm-hmm. for now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of our first third of the fanfic, I feel like, because the conflict then becomes something different. Mm-hmm. Yes. Raph goes out walking by the highway at night because he just wants to get the fresh air and yeah, exercise. Yeah, he just needs to get away, I think. Yeah. And he finds someone abandoning puppies at the side of the road. And he thinks, what a monster, which is absolutely correct. What yes. a monster. But it's this very shocking, too, because, like, everybody, uh, when they realize he's been walking over the highway, is, like, how dangerous it was that he might have been seen. Mm-hmm. But instead, he finds these three pups, and it's the saddest thing. Two of them are dead. Two of them are dead. But one is still alive. Mm-hmm. And he takes it in and, you know, is trying to nurse it. And he's trying to keep it secret because he thinks everyone's going to make fun of him if they find out. And he's right. He's right, yeah. Yeah, they, they will. Because <laughs> he has such a, like, badass loner image. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're taking care of a puppy. Like, yeah, of course mm-hmm. Casey's going to give him flack about a badass it. Badass person that listens to Green Day and such. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> like right? a real tough person. Yeah. God. So he's secretly taking care of puppies in his room. And there's various shenanigans with him trying to hide the puppy's existence. Doing things like sneaking um, milk and blankets and stuff, and the tra- thinking he's getting away with it, but everybody's noticing Raph's doing something weird, but he's not yelling, so just let it go. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Leo's the one who worries most about it, and like Splinter and Mike here are just like, no, like let it be if he's being And everybody else is content. like, hey, Raph, what you doing? Raph's like, nothing. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> As a sideline, he gives the puppy a Shi'ar name, and this must be a reference to the X-Men Ninja Turtles crossovers by the same author. Yeah, and they also make uh, reference to that in the fan fiction. And uh, because when I looked into it, I was like, surely the Ninja Turtles have crossed over with the X-Men. Like, they're mutants. How the, did that? How can that not have happened? The fan but fiction it, makes reference to it. But... It, but only in the author's fanfic that they cross over. What I'm saying is that mm, in, in continuity they've crossed over with all kinds of stuff, but not the X-Men for some reason. Oh, oh. Aren't very I see. Turtles vaguely under the DC umbrella? They're not, but they have crossed over with Batman. 
No, turtles have always been their own thing. Yeah. Like no, I, been... I know they've been, been their own thing, but there's always been crossovers and such. And oh, like yes. Kind of vague yes. under different umbrellas. So it's never They're not of... in the DC umbrella in particular. No. no. They um, only... They are in Injustice 2. Really? Yeah. Well, they did cross over huh. with Batman fairly recently, like in the last few years, I think. It's what one character we pick the costume is it... Which Charlie Ryan has a completely different move set for each one. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I always find that really satisfying. Even in like Smash oh, yeah. Brothers, where I pick totally. Bowser Jr. and I'm like, I'm going to be Iggy this time, even though the movesets are the same. Yeah. Or I feel like being Windy this time. And, mm-hmm. and they, in the game, each character has their own um, character specific powers. Mm-hmm. And Leo's power is just to call out the other turtles. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and, like use them as projectiles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. Whatever so, floats your boat. Anyway, it's just in beneficial continuities. Uh, they haven't crossed over with X-Men, and that surprises me. Hmm. But in this continuity, Interesting. Oh, so they have in this. And they had a very specific, like, event that happened. The, like, the, the other two... Location. The other two fanfics on this author's fanfiction.net account are X-Men Ninja Turtles crossovers. Ah. So I just assume it must be the same continuity. And they do reference um, another fic written later that's in the same continuity. So they've established their own timeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just, just a side note. Yeah. Um... Eventually, everyone else finds out about the puppy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... It takes a minute. Mike has his cat here at the, the farmhouse, so, like, that's... For one thing, he knew it was acting really weird, and I think eventually someone just, like, finds it while Raph is out. Um, they go out well, at one point. Uh, Raph takes the puppy to the couch and watches TV. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He runs back outside when they all come back with the tree, and they try to find the remote. And apparently a game Donatello and Raphael play is hide the remote. Well, it's more like Raph hiding the remote every time, right? Yeah. So yeah. Donatello went into Raph's room to find the remote and uh, found a dog. Okay, yeah. that's what happens, yeah. yeah. And there's, like, some tension in between that, though. Like, Raph comes downstairs and makes breakfast, and everyone's like, why are you up at 7 in the morning? What's wrong with you? Because he normally sleeps so late, which they established earlier. Yeah, But, th- but that's the most teenage thing about this so fanfic, funny. because, you know... Raph just wanted to avoid the social embarrassment of having his self, like the, the image he presents tarnished. Yeah. And the resolution is everyone's like, oh, so you've got a puppy. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I've got a puppy. And they do kind of uh, drag him a bit. About yeah, they do, but yeah, like that's, just that's the whole resolution. It seem like a real conflict. Because like, <laughs> there's all this sneaking around that happens with him beforehand. Like, I can't let anyone find out. Oh my God. And then they find out, and it's like, okay. Yeah, I mean. You got a puppy. Yeah. And get, they tease him a bit, and right. he's like, okay, whatever. Because there's. <laughs> Supposed to be adults at this point. Right. And, and that's really the whole resolution. And th- mm. that whole thing kind of put other conflicts to the side and kind of let Don and Raph kind of reconcile a little yes. bit by yes. ignoring yes. What, what was going on. And, and that was how it played in the main conflict is they kind of like, after talking to Splinter, just kind of like treat each other cordially. Right. And then But I, it was mostly like Raph being distracted by hiding his puppy secret. And then with this, um, the family calms down. They think the conflict's gone away mm-hmm. and Don and Raph kind of forgotten they're fighting right Mm -hmm. but then uh don's best human friend and his pastor apparently greg the lutheran pastor swings by to visit on christmas eve and i was like do people really go visit each other without calling ahead and saying like hey i'm gonna swing by like religious people do they they do (laughs) it happens okay Uh, apparently pastor's allowed to go anywhere that uh the lord is welcome yeah yeah (laughs) but you know, he's friends with Don. He probably knew his family would visit. No, I know. I just, it doesn't seem that. It honestly doesn't early, seem reasonable. Especially, like, for a pastor not to call ahead. It's yeah. really unreasonable. Earlier in the fanfic, Don did call Greg and talk to him about the, the conflict that was going on. The family's um, here. So he's just taking it upon himself to come, like, offer advice or whatever. fix the problem. But yeah. in person? Like, doesn't that seem inappropriate? 
Yeah. I mean, I'm, I hardly go out at all, so... <laughs> I to me, it seems inappropriate. Like, I don't know what the relationship with one's Lutheran pastor is supposed to be. I was raised Catholic, and your priest does not come to your home, but whatever, yeah, under well, any circumstance. Well, Greg is also but a personal friend of Don. He's a personal friend, and, you know, yes. Don doesn't get but out a whole lot because he's a turtle. As we were discussing, though, uh, Greg should have called a, a friend yeah. coming to your home unannounced on Christmas, especially, is also unwell. Greg, guess, Greg really should have called because yeah. you know everyone's kind of upset at Raph for like a little bit upset at Raph for like heading to the highway when he could have been seen. But he's a ninja. Come on, at least technically, officially speaking, he's a ninja. Um, yeah. But then, when everyone finds out, this guy shows up. And he's like, "Hey, Don! Like, I'm I'm Greg, the pastor." And mm. everyone's like, "You told a human about us oh, without yes. telling us that you told a human about us." And the whole, whole yeah. family explodes about that. Everyone yes. is very upset at Don because that is a very bad. Thing. It's a very <laughs> bad thing, and, and and everyone is immediately suspicious that not only has Don told his whole congregation, it actually appears like no one in his turtle family or Splinter. Actually, I don't know if Splinter does or doesn't, but the other turtles really don't seem to trust him as much. They think he, in his religion, he might have told his entire congregation or something. Well, obviously, Raph is the one who's pushing this hardest. Raph yes, is the one who's being the pushing, most of an asshole about it. everyone is also suspicious. No one else, no one's happy about I'm it, like, for sure. No, yeah. They, they do mention They that don't that, trust that he's only told Greg. They do, they do mention that at the beginning that they've let some humans um, in on the secret, but this is after some deliberation and right. talking mm-hmm. with the whole family mm-hmm. and everybody agreeing and like, yeah. sort of like yeah. a nuclear secret sort of thing. Like yeah. Mike Mike and Raph both have human friends, but they're not secret human friends. No. They're yeah. known to the family. So the fact that this happened and the fact that Don didn't tell anybody. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and I just kind of, at this point to me, it becomes clear that the whole family is actually a little suspicious of Don at this point mm-hmm. in his faith, which mm-hmm. I do you think, you know, the author is kind of putting in there due to their own experience? Um, it's like, yeah, they're like, uh, you trust your Christian family more than you trust us. Is kind of how everyone well, this, this is the Turtles family first and most sacred tenant is hide from humans. Right? Yes, yeah. exactly. And he has broken that. So, yeah, they they feel mistrustful. Yeah. So Splinter eventually just takes charge and he's like, okay, emergency <laughs> family meeting right now. Everyone sit down. You too, Greg. Yeah, and they all sit on the floor in, like, the hallway. This is, like, an official, like... the like, foyer. They're, like, sitting in a circle. It's, like, some yeah. kind of official, like, things they do at a family And it's meeting, so right? funny because they describe where everyone sits, and it's, like, kind of cramped, and, like, Greg is literally, like, sitting behind Donatello behind because yeah. there's not enough space. And they chew it's out Don great. a little bit, and Don... You know, Don's defensive about it. He's like, well, you know, I I didn't, I, I, I only told him, and, like, I totally trust him, and I just, like, needed to talk to someone about this stuff. So the thing... Uh, before that, they were just arguing. The sort of inciting action was like mm. Raphael getting so upset, telling Don that maybe you don't belong in the family. Oh, yeah. And at that mm. point, Splinter was like, okay, y'all shut up, sit down. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's leaving this family. We're going to talk this shit out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they do. Yeah. And Greg gets his own turn to talk, and he's like, it makes me really sad to see like all this like anger within the family. And also, Don, you need to stop trying to convert your family. Yeah. And Don's shocked. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what? Yeah. But but this is literally like the most important thing in any which person's life. Which is <laughs> Like how his pastor hasn't told him this before. Well, he did tell him this before, but Don didn't listen. Yeah. Well, okay. Here, what Greg says is like, you, the best way to share your faith right now is to be a silent witness, show how Christianity has changed you. Yeah. And like, stop trying to convert people. Well, it's like, but, you, you've you've approached the subject, you've you've offered, you've asked them, you've tried to start a conversation they weren't interested, so then you need to move on. But here's how this discussion rings false for me as a resolution. There's mm-hmm. two ways. One is that Don has not been doing that. 
not since before the fanfic started. Throughout this whole action of the fanfic, he has not been trying to push his faith in any way. He accidentally hummed some Christian music because he's in his own home and that's something he does to himself. But he already stopped doing that. But he did do it and didn't apologize for it. He didn't did apologize for it. Okay. It's a, and as soon as the conflict starts up again, he goes right back in the same rhetoric. Okay, that yes. is okay. That is true. He that did not apologize for it. No. And it's a good point because all that Greg has to observe is what he knows of what Don's done. And based on that, it's accurate. But yeah, I think the main point is that like Don doesn't understand what he did wrong, and what he right, did wrong right. was to push his yeah, faith. Don, but yeah, he kind of did stop doing it, but it wasn't necessarily because he understood why, yeah. or because he intended to stop permanently. It was to like keep the peace, perhaps. We don't actually get a reason, I don't think. Well, the, the, the conflict between Don and Raph is that both of them feel threatened by each other for trying to push their way of life onto each other. Yeah. So, well, Raph would say something and Don would push back saying, you're trying to, you're just trying to get me to leave these Christian people. This is important mm-hmm. to me. And uh, Raph would yes, be like, you're yes. trying to make me Christian. You, th- you yes. think I should burn in hell. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It uh, amplify or, or, back and forth. Or at least you think I'm going to. Like, Raph feels very judged. Yeah, um, exactly. And, yes. okay. And Raph pushes back by being like, uh, your faith sucks. And this is a, <laughs> a real conflict I've seen before in, in life. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. pretty real. And, like, the author mentioned they're Lutheran and that this is true to their own life experience. I'm sure it is in many ways. There are issues I take, too. You've turned me around on that point, then. The the other thing is just, like, when... It's not a big deal, but when Greg is saying, um, just be... Just be the way Jesus wants you to be. You don't have to try to look perfect, but there will be a change in you, even if it it is not noticeable at first. And when they see the change, maybe they'll get curious and want to learn more about your faith. Mm-hmm. Which is reasonable, but Don was already, like, the nicest, calmest, like, person among Except them. Except that, no, not recently. He was Not being, recently. When he's kept pushing his faith and telling, like, yeah. they've mentioned many times that he, like, said, everyone's going to go to hell if they yeah. don't convert. Right, right. Like, that's messed up. Yeah. And it's on his mind. It's but... the author's point is that they hate people that are, you know, evan- who evangelize, as they put it like that, who become preachy uh, for around this, that religion. For this fic, there's a period of time that we don't follow Donatello mm-hmm. after the series, before this, where mm-hmm. they, they are more of a lost person, and then once they find religion, they are sort of... More at peace. More angry about it, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get it. I feel like that's kind of a weakness, is that every... <clears throat> this... The rough patch of Dawn kind of being a jerk mm-hmm. is mostly in the past. And I see what you mean. That's yeah. not entirely in the past, but it's mostly in the past and we don't see it directly. And it's kind, sure, of, it's yeah. kind of told and not shown. But it is one of those um, family conflicts that's happened before that people stop talking about because they want the present to be okay. No, it, it yeah. rings true. I just mean like, yeah. I feel like the fanfic could have shown no, us a little in bit terms, more yeah. of that part of Donatello's journey. Exactly what you're saying. In terms of storytelling, I do think this rings a little like... I mentioned our previous podcast, like the bathtub story where it's all reflection. It's not all reflection. I'll acknowledge that a lot, most of it takes place in the present tense, mm-hmm. but a lot of the major conflict between Don and Raph happened in the past. Yeah. And we get a lot of those flashbacks to that conflict. It builds a story in a nonlinear way, but not necessarily an enjoyable nonlinear yeah, I know way. You. It's like a little bit stagnant to me. It's like these things happened in the past and we're still fighting about them. I feel like it was stagnant for a while. Yeah. You yeah. definitely get that feel, that smell off it. Yeah. But right now, this whole thing by Greg seems to make Raph feel better too. And they don't delve deep into it, but maybe it's like seeing that it's 
this is not the approved behavior of Don's religion. Maybe that makes Raph feel better. Or just, mm-hmm. like, someone else getting chewed out for a change instead of, like, uh, you know, instead of, from Raph's point of view, Don was feeling like they were perfect. Because one of the problems was when anybody tried to talk Don down, they'd say, you just don't respect my religion. Right. You don't, you're looking yes. down on Christianity, right. et cetera. That this was the a, issue. But there's is... a, another Christian saying you're being a dick. Right. <laughs> yes. And so... But, and it's sad, though, that he trusted this pastor that he knows like okay yeah you can be friends with your pastor and you can trust them and all that and your religion but he trusted that person over his family and i still feel like that's a big blow to the family that's what happens when a lot of people are born again in different religions yeah get a new community right yeah and so the two major conflicts left to be resolved one is that greg kind of has to get to know the family because he's kind of part of the family now yeah greg hangs around and people are waiting to see raf explode at him (laughs) and raf is suspicious but they end up having a conversation about puppy care because um and that's Rick, how they bond that's how they bond yeah because greg just knows puppies and, and everyone else is easier like all he has to do is compliment mike's c- cooking and he's yeah in, yeah right and <laughs> after all this don talks to greg it's like everybody likes you everybody hated me when i turned into a christian you're, you're a christian and they know it but people like you like why do you do that and how, how, how did you manage that and greg was just i was a normal human person around them right yeah <laughs> <laughs> which you know or turtle person. Reasonable. <laughs> and totally the, reasonable. The other conflict is um, Dawn and Raph officially making up, and Splinter orders them to apologize to each other, and they can't. He's like, fine, just do it before the end of the holidays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the way they do it is, like, they go off on a shopping trip, and it, it ties into the theme of music being a point of conflict, because they both sneak off and buy each other music that the other person would like that they would personally hate. They buy each other oh, Christmas presents. so funny. Right, Christmas present music. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's kind of a nice thematic wrap-up as a peace offering. So that's basically the end of the conflict. Yeah, and basically the end of the fanfic. At the very last part, we get a name drop of the title of the fanfic, because uh, they're sitting around being friendly family, and at one point Raph asks Don what he's thinking about, and Don's like, "Uh, you really want to know? And Raph's like, yeah, I really want to (laughs) know. Luke 2.14, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. It was a verse Dawn had always connected with. A little peace and goodwill was definitely a cool thing. They all waited a beat, expected Raph to explode. Don't you mean turtles? A silent sigh of relief. Dawn raised an eye ridge. I like that line. Because <laughs> they don't have eyebrows. <laughs> Dawn raised an eye ridge. Peace on earth, goodwill to turtles? Raph shrugged. Well, why not? As Splinter sat in his chair, watching his sons laughing together, he allowed a smile of contentment to cross his lips. Why not, indeed? Credits. Credits. <laughs> yeah. Actually, end note. A fairly lengthy yes. end note. After the well, fanfic ends for oh, good. Did we mention the um, the gifts that Greg and, and Don exchanged? Because I thought that was kind of sweet. Music. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, Greg and Don. Oh, Greg and Don. Greg and oh, Don. We didn't right. mention, no. No, we um, didn't. Well, the one thing I did want to say about Raph and Don's gifts was funny. They said it was ironic that they both gave them to CDs. I didn't see how that was ironic. Well, it was but... ironic because these were the very things they were chewing each other out before. Oh, the music. Yeah, yeah okay. Like, like I guess the sort thing of. he was humming was the, the yeah. CD. He gave, and they yeah. laughed about it. That was cute. And Don gave Raph like a corn yeah, CD or something. Then <laughs> Greg and, yeah. And then Greg and, um, and Don exchanged gifts. And um, Greg gives... Came all the way there just to give Don a like a leather bound Bible with his name engraved on it, yeah. which was very sweet. Mm-hmm. And Don had been working on an inri, which I didn't know Lutherans used inries. I thought it was only a Catholic. They have a lot Catholic of Catholic, thing. like 
for non-Catholics, they have yeah. a lot of, like, Catholicism well, still in them. In my Catholic church I grew up with, we always, like, combined our churches with the next-door Lutheran church for Easter, so I guess they're more Catholic than other Protestants. I don't know that much. Yeah, Lutherans are, yeah. But, yeah. So, hand-carved Henry, you know, figure of the suffering Christ on the cross. Oh, and it was beautiful. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was beautiful, and he loved it. And I thought that was moment was they they hugged and they loved each other. I thought it was super gay, but there's always a little weird moment where someone's describing one of those crosses and like it's supposed to be peaceful and religious, but they always describe the suffering and the torture. Well, as a non-Christian, I'm always like, yeah, that's really nice. Thanks, thanks, Don. You know, to be honest, the suffering thing is a really Catholic thing, which is why I was surprised that the Lutherans were using it. But I think Lutherans are well. I think anytime you're earliest, you're making Protestant denomination. I think anytime you're making a figma of someone dying by torture, you kind have to include yes. some suffering. In so they mentioned that the face, you know, had the contortion of suffering, but also the love for humanity and the peace of Jesus dying. Which I'm and really interested in seeing. I don't know how you'd get that across with a wood Well, carving. I can show you the Henry in, in the kitchen if you want. Um, it, it's an interesting figure. I've always been fascinated with this Catholic symbolism. It's something I'm very interested in. The corporeality and the suffering of Christ is something... Catholics fixate on, and I guess Lutherans as well. Most Christians. Yeah. Well, no, but... Most yeah, sects but, of Christianity uh, explore it to some ex- extent to another. Is yes, that particularly but Catholic? the corporeality is very Catholic. Like the crucifix, not just the cross. And but the, the transubstantiation of the body and blood is a Catholic thing. Mm-hmm. So the idea of Jesus suffering and dying on the cross is something that Catholics have particularly fixated on, where other denominations... Um, Protestants have moved away from towards like the love of Jesus versus the death of the body. And but I, I, I think Lutherans have fixated on this as well. And I found it fascinating that they included this corporeal like death imagery as a symbol of love between these two Christians. I, I know when I was growing up in the uh, Mormon or an LDS church, they, uh, they as a policy, don't have um, decorations of crosses and the... Mm-hmm. Uh, and their crucifixion, which makes it yes. sort of an oddity for the different Christian sects. And they focus more on um, the Garden of Gethsemane and all that action. Yes. This is apropos of nothing, but it always makes me laugh to see Christianity in this kind of continuity. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. obviously there's room for an omnipotent deity in the Turtles universe. But even sure. so, when you're playing monotheism, monotheism straight, it's like, only through the grace of God mm-hmm. may your soul be saved. Mm-hmm. But through the power of Lord Simultaneous, Master of Time and Space, you can travel into the past and team up with a mutant aardvark. Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> There's also the point Raph keeps on making that, like, maybe this is just for humans. You're, se- you're selling your mutant species. Oh, yeah. Out. That's the other yes. thing. Like, God, man was made in the image of God. And also, if you throw some mutagen on that snake, it'll also be made in the image of God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. But, but that, that, you just have to... <laughs> wave those things aside in a setting like this. Well, it's funny, too, to think that Raph is, um, they describe, like, you know, a, an adamant atheist in this world that they live in as well, like, considering what you said about right. it, that, I like, know. all these godlike entities do exist. I think it's all like, funny. Like, most still images of Ninja Turtle stuff and just uh, unline it with, with the caption, where is your god now? <laughs> <laughs> Mutagen man, especially. Mutagen man. Oh, yeah. Is, is it a man made out of mutagen or a man that spews mutagen? Uh, it's a pretty horrifying... Or someone that... Something that got mutagen splashed on it and turned into a man? I think it might be all of those things. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> mutagen man. All right. So let's go back to the author's note at the end of the fanfic because it's fairly lengthy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it seems to us that the author was expecting some flack for 
doing a religious-themed turtle story. Which is fair. Which is, I mean, they probably got some time. totally fair. And they were kind of preemptively talking through their thinking and being maybe a little defensive about it. Personally, I'm a big fan of the the format they chose to express it as a conversation with an imaginary person. Yeah, that's... (laughs) They say at the start, that's the yeah. uh, form they did it, a question and answer session. A question and answer session with an imaginary questioner. And it is really funny. Should we give some reading for that? What part would be best, do you think? Yeah. You're going to do bold, Don? Uh, sure. Why did you decide to make Don a Lutheran anyway? Because I'm a Lutheran, and I figure I know more about the Lutherans than, say, about the Mormons or some other group. Write what you know. Also, I'm lazy, and I didn't have to do so much research that way. You're a Christian? Is there an echo in here? Oh, I understand. You're on Don's side in this whole fight, and Roth's the bad guy. No, actually, I... This was just your subversive way of incorporating Christianity into your fan fiction. I know how, how you Christians work. You want to sugarcoat Christian teachings and try to force us to swallow them. Well, you just... So you use my favorite heroes to preach your religion. I'm real impressed. Have you no shame? Shut up. What? Shut up and listen, will ya? Yeah, I'm Christian, and I incorporated some Christian teachings into this story. But I wasn't just beating on Raph, either. I thought I gave Don a couple knocks. In fact, for this story, I turned Don into just the type of person who really irritates me. I call them die-hard evangelists, people who force their faith on others without any limits of respect, decency, or kindness. Even if the beliefs they're pushing are good, they tend to push them too hard. Like Greg said, sometimes you need to back off and let God do the preaching for you. So if you and Donatella are both Lutheran, you were expressing your beliefs in the story, right? Sort of. I share some of the beliefs Don expressed in the story, but I will not say which ones. Many things I believe upset people. I'm not going to stop believing in God or declaring my faith because it offends people. That's not what I mean at all. But there are some aspects of the faith I just don't feel comfortable telling non-believers about constantly. It's a matter of tact, which die-hard evangelists don't have. That's why they're so bad for Christianity in general. If you go around telling people they're going straight to hell, they're naturally going to start thinking that Christians are jerks and Christianity is a bunch of crap. And you're trying to convince us that it's not? Oh, yeah, but that's not the point of the story. So what is the point? And I'm not going to read the whole conversation after that, but they're saying basically the point is the importance of tolerance. Mm -hmm. Tolerance being defined as you know the other person is wrong, but... you you have to accept that they can be wrong. It's you still fine. treat them like yeah. like right. people. Yeah, and there's so much to say about that. Like the fact that the author like the, we did read the most offensive part of the yeah, spiel. Yeah, we, we did. There there's actually really good parts to like. I'm not saying that part's not really bad, but there's really good parts to it where they're like answers some really important questions. But it, it's interesting because they were anticipating that attack and they identify that, and mm-hmm. I think they had reason to. Yeah. Like they actually identify they had reason to that they their friends have been attacked around these things before. And considering internet culture and they consider it flaming at the time and I remember that term. <laughs> um yeah, that it totally makes sense. So I get where they're coming from here. Yeah, and you know, their ultimate goal is, is he says Christians and non-Christians can be as close as brothers and as friends without ripping each other to shreds about religious belief. Right. And like he said it's a happy ending in that the immediate conflict was resolved and like maybe they they not that they're going to get along perfectly forever, but like they they took a step forward. So yes, this was really interesting fic for me because when I heard the theme, I was I mean kind of shell shocked. I think from all the other mm-hmm. religious type things I've read. Shell shocked. <laughs> uh, not that that's uh, a funny joke. I can't remember. Right. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> about a material that talks about religion and either comes down really hard on one side or the other side. And I hate all all those things. And this <laughs> sure. is interesting because this came down on the concept of tolerance as right. a human principle, yes. which I yes. 
I, I, like, I read this thing being like angry about having to read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then um, starting to agree with what with like what they give uh, Mike to say about just like you're both being dicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like I was just I mean, reading it, just like thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they were. Well, obviously Mike is the best turtle. And it, and, seemed, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it seems like the author's ultimate goal was to get was to allow people to talk about religion without jumping down each other's throats. Yeah, and that's what he's saying. Is like there needs you need to be able to talk about this stuff not for the point of like being yes. a jerk about it, but just for the point of like being actually able to talk about other people yeah, or, out of your or lives. without trying to convert people to your cause, but and just yeah. talking. I can respect that in a certain way. Like I think my view of spirituality and religion is a little more loose. Like anything can be correct. It's correct to you as it is correct in your own belief and your own spirituality is correct. This author has more of a like, yeah. I think I'm right, but I tolerate people not yeah. being right. They, also they, like they explicitly you know? say that's not what tolerance means to them. Yeah, <laughs> and it's so funny to me. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, tolerance, I guess, is a word is not a word I would apply to myself quite as much. I would say I don't really tolerate a lot of beliefs. I don't tolerate Nazis. I don't tolerate things that want to kill me. But I do accept people if they're a belief system. Like, for instance, if they're just like a Lutheran, it's like, okay, whatever. As long as you don't hate me because I'm gay, that's that's fine. I accept you, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But their thing is more about tolerance. And that's fine. I think, you know, as long as you're not a dick. And I think that's the point of the fan fiction. Yeah. Do we have any other thoughts about that? Oh, the final words in the author's note are congratulations for actually making it all the way through the story and the author's note. <laughs> it, is fa- it is fairly lengthy. Well, and, and, you know, even sweeter is at the end. Peace, honor, and love go with you now and always. Yeah. yeah uh, most, kind my, words for their readers. Most of my notes are reacting negatively to stuff that's going on that they address later and fix. Yeah, so, so yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, does that mean that so far we are one for one with Hyru's recommendations? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm really glad having read this, mm-hmm. honestly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, I say that, um, you know, I've read better work from people talking about their faith as Christians and about their faith in general in terms of, like, being more acceptance than tolerance-based, mm. as I phrased it before. But in terms of this, like, yeah, they're not being a dick about it, so also, that's fine. I've read better written stories. Yes, it's, as well. It's kind of stagnant, like we were saying sometimes. It kind of hits the same beats more times than it needs to. Mm-hmm. They, they do mention at every point what everybody's eating for different meals. Yeah, very important. At one point, someone eats pizza. But they only eat pizza the same amount a regular person would eat pizza. <laughs> and you know, I always <laughs> They're loved... not teenagers anymore. They're getting older. <laughs> Some of my favorite fantasy authors, like, I loved, would fixate on, like, the meals and the clothing, like George R. R. Martin, Martin did. Yeah. You know? But, like, it's a description that builds the world. Like, this dish is not something we would accept in our culture. Like, it's something that builds the culture of the world. This is something where it's like, I don't know if it's always necessary, But I do think that beat of, like, saying, oh, food, clothing, that's something that's very comforting. Well, yeah, it's it's sort of like a social thing, right? Yeah. And so when when it's about these family bonds and this family gathering Mm -hmm. for Christmas, then, like, food's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. I get it. I get that. Yeah, Yeah. because they mentioned at one point, like, Raph just heating up a a pot of soup, Mm -hmm. which bugged me because I don't know if these guys have lips or not. If they don't Mm. have lips, how do you eat soup? They have mouths. I guess so. They you eat. just pour the soup in. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have beaks, as they state in the fan fiction. But these are the questions that are going to haunt me at night. I know. <laughs> it's difficult. But. It involves a funnel, Dom. Mm. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> the uh, turtle soup funnel. 
Ah, turtle soup. <laughs> Tonight I dine on turtle soup. That's what Shredder says in one of the beat 'em ups. Yeah, Is that right. I think so. Like when you start the fight. I, I feel like you could probably find that line in many different TMNT mm. cosmologies. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of godlike power over time and space, mm-hmm. next week it's no longer Christmas. What? But we are reading um, a Back to the Future fanfic. Oh, can we go back to Christmas? Um, no, that would be Back to the Past because we're it. past Christmas now. We could go to the next Christmas. <laughs> That's true. I it could just Christ- be all Christmases. I think Christmas present was the coolest one because it was just a giant feast with a really cool guy. Oh, Christmas present is the best ghost for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in Muppet Christmas Carol, which is the best Christmas Carol. Absolutely true. <laughs> the death but, puppet on that was terrifying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It still scares me. More terrifying than death itself. <laughs> <laughs> but the next fanfic mm-hmm. it is A Stitch in Time. It is a Back to the Future fanfic, originally published in zine form in 1993 by Mary Jean Holmes, noted fanfic author in various fandoms, including Back to the Future. The copy we're reading is a PDF hosted on the Wayback Machine copy of the author's website. It's down now. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. short link there is bit.ly slash rfr time. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think we go with Stitch. It was going to be a problem if we ever do a Lilo and Stitch fanfic. <laughs> oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> I did go with Stitch, but then I ran into bit.ly issues. It's time now. Okay. Only time. <laughs> it's mm. time now. <laughs> <laughs> it's also time to end this episode. Episode 16 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective. Peace on Earth, Goodwill to Turtles by Blue. Mm. You can find a copy of it on fanfiction.net. We are providing a link there at bit.ly slash rfrturtles. The intro song is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. If you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com or leave comments on the individual episodes on Podbean or what have you. Or even better, leave reviews on... What's the one to leave reviews on? Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. That's the big one. And we've got big social media-related news that I should have mentioned earlier. We've got a Twitter. Yay. And now I just need to figure out what to do with it. I can't believe it. How do you tweet? What's it? Um, no, it's called a twit. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, how does one twit? I, I made myself a twit also <laughs> in response to that, but I still haven't posted anything. And yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Our Twitter is fanfic, wait, retro fanfic? Is it fanfic retrospective? You, you set it up. <laughs> it's brand new. My God, Amato, get yourself together. Can't you see how competent I am at this? Amato, you have several jobs. <laughs> I'm honestly going to have to look this up. It's at RetroFanfic. RetroFanfic. Okay. RetroFanfic. That makes sense because I did the same thing as the short link, bit.ly slash RetroFanfic. On Twitter, it's RetroFanfic. At the very least, I am going to be providing links there to new episodes when they go up. And when applicable, providing a link to the Twitter or other website of the author. Oh, hey, so Fern, Fern Withy is still writing a little stuff. Fern Withy just started a Patreon. Yeah. Ah. I mean, they're still writing and, yeah, you can support them on Patreon right now. Hmm. Excellent. And I provided a link to that on Twitter. So you're clearly missing out if you are not on Twitter, I guess. And like. Okay. 
I need to get myself a tweeter. <laughs> I'm a motto. I am a boulevard of broken Tories. I'm I'm Dom. <laughs> it's a Green Day reference. No, I know. The, you get the from Do the fanfic. Do you think they just listen to Green Day because they're turtles and they're green? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, they probably. You've need just to. made the connection. It's not easy being green. I fixed it. <laughs> we are just three Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, take care. Bye bye. See ya. Have you ever contacted Komika? <laughs> no. Why think... would anybody want to know that their work is being used in a medium? I don't know. <laughs> Why are we publishing that information? <laughs> all right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just cut this all out, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs>